Welcome back to Butter With That. Uh, this is going to be part two uh, of our best of 2018 episode. Woo! And We're woo! from the past. <laughs> yes, we are indeed from the past, if you can tell by the sound of my voice. Um, <laughs> we have finally gotten used to 2019 being the, the year. We have written yep. it very many times over in our <laughs> mental chalkboard palace or whatever okay yeah, I'm so doing much better now guys. In, this, <laughs> in this episode uh we are going to be talking about the best story the worst movie or tv yeah. show <laughs> and the best film of 2018 yes <laughs> thank you uh studio audience Dave, yes it's of one of one of one <laughs> Where's Kramer? <laughs> Enjoy the show. <laughs> Got a lot of fun to look forward to. Oh, folks. man. So enjoy. Sam might sing. I don't know. Oh, my God. She doesn't. If you want Sam to sing, please comment at Butter With That. <laughs> Sam sing. Hashtag Sam sings. Hashtag Sam sings. not going to happen. <laughs> Should we get on with the show? Yeah. Let's Onward. do it. Let's do it. Two bests and a worst. Two bests and a worst, yeah. How are we feeling? How about worst? Let's sandwich them. No, no, no. Best, worst, best. Give, right. them a, give them a sandwich. Right. <laughs> so we're doing favorite Dave story? Dave spoken. Yeah, we're going to go with favorite story then. Cool. Um, why, the reason why I wanted to have a category called favorite story was because we, we like movies, but we also like TV and comics and theater and lots of other kind of things. Oh, is this um, whatever? This is like whatever. Oh, I didn't take oh. it that way. I thought you meant best stories and like best movie story. But it's, yes, go on. So the best. St sorry, this is not communicated <laughs> effectively. <laughs> um, but my favorite story of 2018 has to be um, God of War on PS4. Um, Wait a minute. Yeah. Video games count? I think so. They're a medium. Uh, They're a storytelling medium. Last on this movie podcast? All right, fine. Favorite story. <laughs> we, are you going to change your answer for well, something? Do you have a book, too? <laughs> if there was a book, you could do a book. Well, you fucking read. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my God. I can't believe how mad he was about that. <laughs> I haven't told you about this last week. I just didn't know it was that broad. The most well, you upset we ever told you yeah. last week. Oh, that was well, amazing? No, we can't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. New you get to last minute decisions. <laughs> anyway, um, well, you know, let's talk about our communication issues. I guess <laughs> yeah, on the podcast. <laughs> um, God of War PS4, I think, is the best telling of a father son dynamic, regardless of medium that I've at least seen. Um, in terms of the never whole, read the road, huh? Never read the road. Oh, <laughs> I just watched a movie this year that also I feel like does that. Witch in the Window, very good. Yeah. Um, the whole game is done, and this adds to the game being very cinematic, all done in one shot. There's no editing. There's no everything is done just from the camera behind Kratos, the main uh, the God of War as you're playing. And then it kind of does like cinematic shots all done one beat. Um, and the journey that him and his son Atreus go through um, really just I cried at the end of it. Um, it's all kind of about scattering um, Atreus's mother's ashes. Um, who died and that's kind of like what sets it so it's this very like self-contained story within the world of norse mythology as they kind of like encounter um all these different nordic beings and whatnot um and by far that was my favorite story 2018 i think a video game has only ever made me cry out of frustration <laughs> and anxiety i also that i also, story is great. I also is cried great. at the end of spider-man the new spider-man game that came out my jaw hit the floor i cried that. uh spider-man ps4 was also probably my second choice for favorite movie of 2018 so video games really kicking it up. And Spider-Man had an amazing year, just in general. That's, that is true. This year. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a Spider-Man person, and Spider-Verse is definitely, like, one of the one of the best movies I've seen this year. So, is that okay, Dave? Do is you my think, choice okay? Uh, sorry, yeah. I had a quick question. Do you think that no, in the future, like, as it was interesting to hear you evaluate, like, a video game, or, like, look, look at the storyline of a video game. I have with so little interaction with video games like it, you've opened my mind as far as like what video games can achieve do you think like the oscars will take up like or do you think that award shows will take up video games as formats to um uh, like acknowledge artistic well there, uh, there are video game awards yeah there's okay yeah. that was a yes okay none of the oscars but probably, do you think it'll be swept in like to like golden globes 
and like future or do you think that probably video game awards will probably well i think those well the golden globes are the hollywood foreign press yeah who decide that so those are like very film specific yeah um but i think video games over the past let's say five-ish years if not more have kind of been more and more trying to focus on cinematic not just in presentation but in storytelling as well i think that's the big that's interesting kind of shift of like it doesn't just have to look like a movie but Mm. i think have the pathos and have the writing of you know a movie and i'm just sitting here playing minecraft trying to make a turtle farm that's not working (laughs) i think that's what's great is like you can i mean in minecraft this is a person and the earth and trying to create you are building your own and i'm sure there's plenty of catharsis in your minecraft farm right trying to get some ocelots to turn into cats it's a whole goddamn thing I think that's just what's amazing about the genre, and we can talk more about that. I mean, later. I um I have watched Garrett play the new Red Dead Redemption a couple mm-hmm. times, and it looks amazing, and it seems like they are trying to like do some interesting story stuff with that, maybe. But um, it, I mean, yeah, like just the look of it, I was like, damn, like this looks incredible. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, Dave, uh, <laughs> would you like to to follow that? I'm sorry, uh, Dave. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're gonna equally buck me for my choice. Um. <laughs> I went with uh, I went with first reformed. Um, I went with okay. it not, not because uh, I mean I saw a lot of movies that have more elaborate or more uh, tell a bigger story or like a broader story than first reformed this year. Um, but none of those stories really stuck with me very much. Mm. Um, first reformed, on the other hand, is a, is more of a tone film. It really is more about its framing than it is necessarily about its narrative momentum. Um, especially, and I say that especially because I don't particularly like the ending. Um, hmm. so uh, it's more, it's framing. It's more just, you know, approaching, um, as we've discussed a little bit before, uh, on the pod is just sort of an intersection between faith and doubt. And, uh, those two representative forces within an established and framed conversation via, um, Ethan Hawke as a priest. And uh, I forget the younger actor's name, but, uh, a man who is about to have a child, but is, hmm. uh, forlorn about it because he's extremely worried about the uh the coming effects of global warming and climate change um Fair. yes and the conversation shit. between them i i could have just watched a movie of just that conversation uh if it went on for that long that's in his house yeah the, yeah I, and I, I thought such a for a minute scene. that that was just going to be the movie because it goes on for a while but um but yeah just sort of like the uh just sort of the framing and just sort of those two uh pieces together as far as conversation goes and as far as the two different uh dynamics um I found it to be super interesting and uh, really the thing that stuck with me. So for me, uh, despite it not having a very strong story necessarily, the way that the pieces are put into place, First Reformed, uh, really did the job for me mm. this year. Cedric the Entertainer? And he does a, he does a great job. Too. Oh, I don't think I knew he was in it. Yeah, he's mm. very good on wow. that. Yeah, I love the play between like mega church of the of the 21st century versus like this colonial, pre-colonial mm. um, Dutch Reformed church. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, lots of compelling pieces. In a, in a very big turn away from First Reformed, um, my choice for a favorite story is the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. It's a movie that's on Netflix. It's based on a book. and I um, have never heard of yeah. that. <laughs> Those were a lot of words, and I yeah, don't know what they were. It's beautiful and wonderful, and I love it very, very much. So probably my favorite kind of movies are historical fiction and I particularly like anything that revolves around powerful women um, after wars, just in general. It's just normally what I um, lean to. And this one is about a woman played by Lily James, who I just absolutely love. Um, she, through one way or another, ends up going to Guernsey and she uncovers this mystery where this particular society came from, why it was built, why it still exists, and where this um, one founding member of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society um, <laughs> went to. So the, the whole idea behind this movie is that this society formed when Guernsey was occupied by the Germans in World War II. Um, so it's just full of heart and really wonderful characters and the people who are in Guernsey and the people who made this literary society feel more like family than neighbors. And I just really appreciate things that take a very big story and make it feel small, which is exactly what this movie does. And also Michelle Huseman is in it, which, um, he's also in the haunting of Hill house. He's Steve. He's Mm. the second Dario Naharis in game of Thrones. (laughs) The second of three. Yeah. 
of three? Uh, was three? Are there three? three? Oh no, there's three mountains. Sorry, there's oh, okay. three mountains. I was like, what? Two, two I was Darius. like, there was that blonde dude, and then there was him. <laughs> yeah, and he's a beautiful man. Yeah, true. Left to rule a city. Oh Sam, I like, I love that for you. It's so perfect. <laughs> is it based on like a book or like a? Yeah, it's based on a book. Oh cool, yeah, absolutely. The and you, is... you've read the book? No. Oh okay. <laughs> I but much like I've watched very little TV shows this year. I've read very little books, sadly. Hmm. Yeah, seems hmm. like we all have kind of like. <laughs> I haven't finished a single TV show apparently, <laughs> so it's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would just be hard for us to do like a TV show in one of our normal rotations because there's just like so much. I also just am constantly like rewatching the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Parks and Recreation. The Office. Um, Money Python Flying Circus is on Netflix now. Mm. I've watched it countless times already. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Back to things to disassociate to. Uh-huh. Like, so true. <laughs> that's the comforting so element of TV that's yeah. familiar. Um, all right, so for my best story, uh, I went with Sorry to Bother You. Hell yeah. Um, I need to see that. I know, me too. So fucking good. Directed by Boots Riley. Um, this is a movie that like perfectly kind of dances between uh, this sort of dystopic, not-so-distant future, but also the really messed-up realities of right now, as far as capitalism, racism, and uh, the, yeah, the time we live in. 2018 2019 um the story follows cassius green who's a telemarketer at this like sort of dull exploitive company who ends up getting launched into the high-paying realm of um of the company by essentially using what is called in the movie is white voice to achieve this like power caller status and then he Hmm. achieves uh or i guess he sort of finds his way through the labyrinth of this company as he is essentially getting paid really well and is sort of achieving what they would define as success. Uh, but he also then starts learning about the really shady dealings that this company mm-hmm. um, is carrying out and sort of the destructive mechanisms of power uh, that exist within this this uh, this work. And what I thought was, for story, I thought what was so... The, the details that were so wonderfully horrifying, uh, as in shedding light on horrific realities of right now, were um, a little detail about the, this corporation that's involved, or I guess is run by the same person that owns his telemarketing company. It's called Worry Free, and it's essentially this prison Amazon warehouse hybrid that you see these advertisements <laughs> throughout the movie uh, as this sort of advertises this lifestyle providing people with food and shelter and job security but it's essentially it's essentially like incarcerating people um and uh like exploiting like human labor um and so for storytelling i'm like nothing says the problems of right now like all of the specific elements of this movie um this was a tough call for uh best best story versus best best movie because mm-hmm. um, it really left me thinking about mm-hmm. a lot and awesome performances as well um anyhow yeah that's me cool um yeah uh so for my story um i ended up picking annihilation um, oh interesting i read it's a sci-fi series it's three books um it's called the southern reach series um so this is supposed to be the first of that um although Annihilation, the movie, like, ends up being pretty different in a lot of ways from Annihilation, the book. Um, and I don't really see how that could be spurred on into, like, an, like a sequel for that one in particular. Um, but, I mean, the whole setup is that it's this um, Southern Reach is this government organization who is um, keeps sending in team after team to figure out what's going in going on in this, like... I don't even know how you really describe it. There's this like expanding Ugh, shimmer. environment. Yeah, there's like this big expanding environment like big that bubble. has this barrier around it called the shimmer. Um, and they keep sending teams in to figure out what's going on. And they're either like disappearing or coming back with cancer. And it's like 
they have no idea what's happening. And so they send in this whole team of like women um, who are different, like play different roles. Um, there's like a psychiatrist, um, Natalie Portman, I believe is the biologist. Um, it's got a great cast. Jennifer, Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, um, Oscar she Isaac. She is who I awesome. Love. Tessa Thompson I was in Sorry to Bother. She's, She's just been seeing it. her everywhere. Yeah. She is fucking so, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No. Um, but I loved the book and I thought they did some really interesting stuff um, specifically in that and really made it its own thing. So I just thought that was a really cool idea to like take like a pre-existing story, but also like transforming it in an interesting way, um, which also is kind of like a theme of that book um, mm-hmm. too and the movie. So yeah, that was my uh, my favorite story for the year. And then uh, that brings us to Worst Film TV. Uh, We split it up that way. Uh, Yeah, so Connor, you want to start off with the worst? Um, This is not probably the most popular opinion out there. And the box office has certainly proved me, you know, what what the fuck do I know? Uh, Aquaman was the worst (laughs) movie I've seen this year. And this is sort of the yin to my best pictures yang. Mm. Of like, Mm. this movie is pretty much everything that's wrong with the superhero genre. Wow. <laughs> terrible performances, <Damn. laughs> terrible writing, um, spotty CGI. Ugh. Um, but James Wan does know how to choreograph an action sequence. I was going to say, I kind of just want to see it just because of James Wan. I can't even. And this is, I think I was talking to you guys about this. I can't recommend this movie on any level <laughs> as like a James Wan fan. I can't really recommend it because you see glimpses of his like vision. What else has he done? Um, he's done Insidious, The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Oh, um, he did this Fast, is an Fast interesting, Five. Oh, OK. So he's all over the map. <laughs> um, he I mean, the action sequences were very well choreographed. There were just like too many of them. So many whenever there's like an emotional scene of like two characters trying to connect. Uh, There's an explosion from the side. This happens, if you watch the movie, three, four, five times, probably four or five times, an explosion off screen disrupts this emotional moment to the point where it's like, is he doing this on purpose? Hmm. Like, is he trying to make fun of superhero movies by creating a hackneyed, cliched one? Uh, Jason Momoa, Amber Heard have almost no chemistry together. Um, the music is terrible. They play Pipple does a cover of uh, Reigns of Africa as they're, no, flying, no, God, as they're no. flying over the Sahara Desert to find like the, the you mean, desert. Do you mean just Africa? Whatever. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Um, the Jason, I laughed at the movie only like three or four times. So I can't even recommend seeing this two and a half hour behemoth is like you'll laugh at it and you'll have like a fun time making fun of it. It's, it's just two way and too and long. Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where would you rate that on the DC verse? Better than Man of Steel because it was more colorful. Mm. It was like I think the most. And I'll, I don't want to take better no, colors. I want to. That's DC for you. It's just like uh, what, I don't want to like have, if anything. Beat this horse dead already. The, more than, the trailer but. makes it seem at least visually. It's, colorful. it's yeah, trying it's to be just... it's like DC is always playing catch up with Marvel mm-hmm. where it's like oh, this yeah. movie Except is if you watch it this movie is Wonder trying Woman. to be Wonder Woman is great Wonder Woman is great but that's yeah. the only good one yeah, yeah true <laughs> um, this movie tries to be Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok oh god where it's like King Orum, who's played by Patrick Wilson, who's an insidious and conjuring. I love I'm a huge Patrick yeah, Wilson Patrick fan. Wilson. He is hamming it up. That's the only I think thing I can recommend about this movie is he's in a whole other movie like high school <laughs> Shakespeare production where he's just trying to like be as loud as he can. And that's hilarious. Um, but I it's feel like, like if I was cast in this movie, I would also want to ham it up, though. <laughs> but then like but Jason Momoa isn't hamming up like the whole tone is. So weird. And he like the movie has an ecological message of like King Orum. He's like the oceans need to unite to kill humanity because they're polluting our waters. Fair. That's only covered in the first 20 minutes. Where it's like that. Well, that's a theme of Black Panther. Of, like colonialism is this sort of like returning theme and sins of the father and like kind of generations passing on like mm-hmm. the shitty things they've done. Black Panther's like, oh, that's a really great idea. Let's just have that be the setup. Like he dumps King Orm dumps all the trash on human beaches in the first 20 minutes. That's like act one. And then like nothing else has ever come of that. He just like kills lots of different people. Um, Nicole Kidman's in it. What? She's in it. She's his mom. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So once again, not to go on too long, but Aquaman, I think worst movie I've seen this year. I assume Nogati and other really terrible films have come out, but I haven't seen those. So films I've seen. Yeah, Aquaman. I feel like there are a lot of movies I presume are the worst and I haven't actually seen them. So 
Um, Dave. Um, sure. So, um, for me, it's, uh, it's a pretty easy, pretty easy choice. Um, I saw uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom this year, so. <laughs> See, I was going to pick it, but there was some stuff in that that I thought was really fun and funny. Just, <laughs> There's a dinosaur auction. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. This is like a ch- this is like a a child's fantasy after seeing the first movie is mm. this movie. And like you're s- telling me it's set in 2017 and like the primary like national concern is whether or not like all things considered like it's presumably our same timeline, right? Like and like it's 2017 and the primary political concern is whether or not we should be rescuing fucking dinosaurs. But that kind of sounds no. like where we're at. No. <laughs> Stupid movie. Stupid move movie. And then there's a clone for no reason. Mm. And we spend like 15 minutes watching our scale a building with no dinosaurs in sight. Chris Pratt injures guys in a fight, but there's no dinosaurs to be found. If someone's hurt in a Jurassic Park movie, it better be a goddamn dinosaur. Wow. Not Chris oh. Pratt. Also, also, can we just talk about, of all the places that you think a Jurassic Park movie would be set, would you ever guess that it would be in someone's mansion? Yeah. uh, Because that's that's where it's mostly set. James Cromwell's mansion, yeah. Oh, man. And then there's also the, uh, oh, God, there's so much to hate about this movie. Um, The notion that, like, these people that are dinosaur activists who are trying to protect them are the people that formerly ran the park that cost the lives of hundreds of Uh people. No, no movie. You don't get to do that. So... (laughs) I'm giving you a big fat thumbs down, Jurassic Park, or uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, for making no damn sense and being a waste of my time. I just time. want to hear Dave talk about him hating oh things my God, now. This is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Our recurring segment. Oh, I could. Uh, I, could go I feel on. like, I mean, sometimes the hate's way stronger than the love, you know? Oh, yeah. I would also sub, uh, sub recommend, though I, I didn't see it, but I will say it, it falls in the same category Ready Player One. Oh, um, I've heard nothing yeah. but bad oh, that things. Is so bad. The little bits I saw were like some of the worst rendered CGI I've ever seen, which is in a Spielberg film, for God's sake. And the book is also pure trash, and its author <laughs> is a garbage person. He wrote something, he wrote poetry, quote unquote, poetry in the 90s, which is just misogynistic slamming of like sex workers and porn actresses. He's a piece of shit. Damn. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> <Holy> Sam. Shit. <laughs> what do you have to follow up? I don't know. Sam, Sam can, can bring That's the hate. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's all I am. Um, I get more excited talking about things I hate than things I like. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, can I just add one thing to that is that mm. I'm very much over Chris Pratt. Like, I'm awesome. Same. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. He's now my Truly. least favorite Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah. Hot takes. He, yeah. I just, you keep playing the same character over and over again, dude. And now he's, yeah. like, weirdly religious and, like, I, I think know. he's also contributed some political campaigns that I would not agree Yeah, he's, like, a bit of a gun nut, I guess. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Well, I took Anna Ferris's side in the divorce immediately, so whatever. <laughs> he's go. now engaged to Schwarzenegger's daughter. Oh. I know. I just saw that. Ugh, well, yeah. anyway, he's also doing some like religious fasting diet thing. I saw the other day. I'm just like, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, okay. So on to the worst movie I saw in 2018. I cheated a little bit. I couldn't find the worst movie of 2018 because I quite frankly only saw good things in this year Um, but during my month of spoop I watched this movie called Blood Creek that I (laughs) oh wait you described that to me holy shit it sounds incredible I want to see it but like that's the worst part about it is that it has good potential it's good potential isn't that always the worst that is the worst because you're like why did this suck so bad Um, it stars Henry Cavill and also um, my Michael Fassbender, and so you're like, mm. oh, oh actually, like two yeah. actors that I like, like really. It is but also like they movie? both like kind of no. suck in okay. real life in some ways too, <laughs> yeah, though. So yeah. it's like, does Michael Fassbender suck in real life? He, what is Michael there's Fassbender some weird done? stuff with him, just like it, how he like treats people specifically. Mm. It seems like, yeah. Sorry, Sam. Can... <laughs> it's fine. Um, so the the. God, this movie sucks so bad. The whole premise is that Michael Fassbender was a Nazi that was involved in like the occult in the 1930s and 40s. They hmm. these Nazis who are involved in the cult, the occult, they come to the United States and they identify these like places, farms that have these powers. And so um, Michael Fassbender's character finds this, becomes this 
fucking demon. I <laughs> sounds amazing. Truly, oh no. Um, whatever. Somehow we end up in present day, and uh, what's his face? What's his bucket? Henry Cavill. What's his bucket? Um, he like he lost his brother like a couple years ago. He's just MIA. No one knows where his brother is, and he's taking care of the family, taking care of his um, sister in law and the kids, and everybody fucking hates him. And he's a paramedic, and he's just living his life, and it's whatever. And then his brother shows up out of nowhere there's no fucking explanation the brother the brother mm. is d- dirty covered in all this hair he shaves immediately gets a five o'clock shadow it, I, they go back so it turns out that the brother was like kidnapped on this farm they go back to the what? farm he was being bloodlet so yeah. uh, what's his face yeah. Michael Fassbender could live in I truly don't understand this movie. Uh, Michael Fassbender's ultimate point is trying to grow this third eye so he could be like all powerful. What the this fuck? This sounds like this, this could bad. be amazing. It I, could I like be amazing. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it was the worst movie I saw this year. Fair enough. Fair. Okay. True. Wow. What's his bucket? All right. What's his bucket? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Christine, how about you? So in preparation for this segment, I watched a movie I thought would be my worst movie, yes. but in, I in fact enjoyed it. What um, was it? Which it was, was the Christine? Meg. Yeah. Dude, same. Oh, I Meg. really enjoyed the it. Meg. So I was like, Meg oh, was fun as fuck. Can't use that for this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna qualify this by saying this is not the worst TV show. Um, I put this in the category of slightly fell below what I was hoping that it would be. And that's okay. the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Because we've been talking about this for a Okay. So, okay. I, like, I love, like, the the whole, I, it, like, visually and so stylish. And I think um, Brosnahan, what's her, her first? Uh, what's her bucket? Rachel? Rachel, Rachel Brosnahan. <laughs> so is such what's a wonderful bucket? performer. Um what, the thing that I had issues with it, and granted, okay, I've only watched about half to two thirds of the season, um, and of the first season, so I need to like continue, return back to it. But what I thought I was disappointed in is like it's it's it wants to be really irreverent um, and stylish and tackle things like sexism and censorship and um, in a really interesting story, um, but. Ultimately, I think, like, everybody wants her character, like, her character is supposed to be, like, the funniest, the best, the best. And, like, at first, like, her stand-up is, is, is really intriguing because, she, you know, she's, like, using, like, shits and fucks and, she, you know, she's got this sort of interesting... Um, I mean, how's that not Boldness funny? and brashness to her compared to her, like, sort of, like fancy outfits and her being beautiful and all this stuff but it ultimately like the more you see her material it's it becomes it's not as funny as I'm hoping it would be um and so I'm I'm gonna return back to this show and like give it another shot um but I can't quite get like what makes her tick and I, I want the show to go deeper into her like psyche other issues I had with it is it uses sometimes, or what I saw as references to instances of racism or anti-Semitism, but like uses like they're casual, it's so casually that it they sometimes barely register as real issues and more like passing gestures of conflict. And I'm like, oh no, there's mm. some mo- like there's some moments where this show can like really hit hard on some like real like. M- Issues of today, issues night of night, the 1960s, and what these characters are facing. But I want it. I wanted to go in. But like, then you got Tony Shalhoub, so good. So like, I this mean, was as a far very as hard... I thought, character development was very great for most of the main characters. And I'm also speaking from not having completed both seasons. So <laughs> this, I will, I will give my follow up later. Um, returning back to the show, and it, by no means this is the worst TV show. It, it in fact, is is a lot of fun. But I think I was like going into it like bar set super high and was like, mm, okay, that's my take. <laughs> mm, okay, but I would love to follow up. Yeah, 
about no, for sure. uh, my evolving relationship with mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. No, I'm interested too because I feel like based on what you said, there's probably some interesting stand-up stuff that you haven't seen yet okay, that great. I think is very good. Great, so, great, 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 great. Um, yeah. Um, no, but like I think those are like totally legitimate things too. Um, it's just like I'm not really sure like what the goals of that show are in some ways, but like it is like very character-focused for the most part. So some of these like other like outside things don't seem so prevalent, but there was this like one scene in the second season where um, she makes a joke about like pregnancy and is immediately taken off stage because they're like people don't want to hear about that like no one wants to hear about that like that's disgusting and vulgar and it's Mm. like such an interesting moment like of all the things she's been saying and all the shits and fucks and whatever like she shows like first episode she like has her tits out on stage um like all of that stuff, like really? she gets thrown off. Yeah, <laughs> she comes to the comedy club. She's like really drunk, and she like had like a horrible night, and she just like shows off her tits. Um, but yeah, it's not the tone that I thought that show would. Oh, it's it's very funny, but like they um they like throw off stage for this thing where you're like, oh okay, like if someone made a joke about pregnancy now, like I wouldn't think about it at all. But like that would have been a thing. Like I and it's like something like that never occurred to me. I'm very eager to. We're gonna to be story to yes. be continued. Sounds good. <laughs> um, I also feel bad too because I feel like I wasn't like passionately like upset about any of the movies I saw this year. That like I've seen some bad movies. Um, like you know I saw The Meg and I saw Jurassic Park and they're I'm not so like happy you enjoyed them. Good, but like they're fun. Um, I feel like Venom sure. is very similar. <laughs> Um, it's just some of the stuff that happened in Jurassic World or whatever was just so ridiculous that I was like, all right, sure, like, whatever, I'm just gonna sit here and laugh. Um, but, like, uh, Venom, too, like, Venom is, like, really horrible in a lot of ways, but, like, I had a blast, so I couldn't write that either. I got the, I got the, the yeah. side. So the one I wrote down, which I forgot came out this year, um, is the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, which yes. was not good sure at all, but, like, I'm not passionately angry about how bad it was, I feel like I had pretty high hopes for it and had, like, a really good cast. Like, they are actors I have seen in other things, and oftentimes a lot of them I have liked in other things. Almost everybody. Um, Almost everyone. But, like, as far as, like, sci-fi goes, it, like, did not make a ton of sense. There's some really interesting things they were trying to do that ended up just, like, kind of falling flat. Um, So it was more just, like, kind of, like, a dull disappointment, you know, than anything. I think it was so smart that... Which is, like, almost worse. Like, I wish I was, like, really amped up about it, but, yeah. I think it was so smart that Paramount sold it to Netflix. Mm. Because releasing it, it released day and date like they were like oh this thing is live yeah um and i i watched that movie we made homemade burritos Mm -hmm. i had a nice time (laughs) but it was definitely a terrible movie but if i had to pay 10 bucks whatever plus popcorn plus drinks to see it i'd be i would be furious yeah i agree yeah like i'm happy i just watched it on netflix Um, that movie needed more people in walls like yeah like so weird it just needed more horror the image it felt like they were just trying to show crazy shit where i'm like i watch a lot of crazy shit okay (laughs) like this is all interesting but like you also need to have like some stuff to back it up with which they just didn't it seemed like which was also kind of disappointing so far i've like liked a lot of the cloverfield stuff like the first one is fine i think uh 10 cloverfield lane is like really really great um so i was like looking forward to a sci-fi version in this universe and that just like was not really what i got out of that Watch the trailer, you'll get the... Yeah, yeah. It was just like, meh, you know? <laughs> Which, again, know. is worse. Meh. <laughs> I'm just like, eh. It's a waste of time. Um, anyway, so I guess now uh, for the for the best movie. Ooh, big, um, big so, yeah. this is already a movie that's been mentioned. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm, interesting. Um, if Aquaman is uh, the ghost of superhero movies past, <laughs> um, Spider-Man is the, what the future of superhero movies should be diverse cast, compelling story, an animation style that I've never seen before. Sony's actually patenting the animation technique and technology. I heard that. that they That's use. fascinating. Cool. Um, amazing cast, a great story mm-hmm. of like an amazing coming of age tale. Jake Johnson. I was a little nervous about how he's going to be as this like older Peter Parker, but he totally. All of them were amazing. Um, the way that they introduce all the Spider People is hilarious. Like comic book <laughs> covers and like, um, it was self-referential but not in the like fun dumb way deadpool is and just like this is what comics are and we're a movie that's inspired by comics Um, and we also know that you've seen a million spider-man movies so we're gonna throw a bunch of other spider-men at you (laughs) um i think that of 
all the superhero movies to come out, this will be, this is a watermark mm. moment of like, this is what the gold standard should be for superhero movies going forward. Infinity War is a little different. I love that movie as well, mm. but uh, Into the Spider-Verse in terms of like a contained movie that you can enjoy, by far, for me, the best movie of 2018. I was really excited mm. I could like take my little sister to see it and have her be really into it. Mm-hmm. She's not like into Spider-Man or like comic stuff yet. She's seven, but like I went with like my whole family and my boyfriend and it was like really great. Like everyone loves it. It was really cool. Yeah. You got Aunt May's a badass in that movie too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real You're cool. a badass woman. Hell yeah. Uh, Dave. Dave. Well, for me, uh, it was, like I said, it was a tough call. I didn't really have uh, a film that I really felt I, I was like championing this year or anything. Um, I will say one that I think, um, and I've seen it mo- more recently than a lot of others, but um, one that really stood out was Roma. I think Romo is what I'd give Best Picture to. Um, I have my problems with it. Um, for those you know who don't know the the film, it's you know largely a story. Uh, it's a, kind of a period piece set in 1970, um, right around uh, right around the the same time as the uh, the Corpus Christi massacre, um, which plays a big role in the film. Um, but yeah, I, there was kind of an interesting. Uh, someone's getting a phone call, and it's me. The call is this is my dad. It's Alfonso oh, Cuaron. Shout out to Dave's dad. Hey, dad. Oh. <laughs> Nothing. I'm just. Uh, I'm. Rec- I'm currently recording an episode of the podcast. What's up? Oh, okay. Well, I can, I'll talk to you later. No, that's okay. Uh, so, hello, everybody from. Uh, Hi, Dave's dad. Hi, Dave's dad. He says, how you doing, everybody? Oh, doing great. We're doing good. What's yeah. your favorite movie of 2018? What's your favorite movie of 2018, Dad? 2018. That's a tough one. I'll think of this for more thought. Okay. Well, you can get back to us. <laughs> yeah, I'll get back to you guys. Hey, I, just a quickie. Um, I picked you up three more subscribers. Really? Yes. Uh, Uncle Greg, Uncle Jeff, and Scott. Nice. Three more. Okay. And Scott was through it today. He said, it sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun. He said it sounds more professional than he thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's always good. Well, we'll see how he feels about this moment. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Take care. So long. Well, that was a good Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so that was my, uh, that was my dad. <laughs> He's a fan. Got some more subscribers. Yeah, and he got us three more subscribers. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, all of them also family. <laughs> Hey, every person counts. Yeah, I know. My sister was like, "Listen to my boyfriend's new uh, new album." I'm like, "Listen to my podcast." <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but anyway, Roma. Roma looked fantastic. Uh, as far as direction and cinematography goes, it's stunning. The film looks incredible. Um, the little nitpicky things that I have as problems are just the way uh, its main character, um, uh, uh, sort of a someone who's working working to serve a family uh, is portrayed because they're portrayed uh, with some, you know, interesting pathos and some really interesting character development, but at the same time, they still kind of remain um, in a lot of ways, just kind of, uh, just kind of that role. Like, mm. there, there really isn't, there isn't an, isn't an allowance for the character to individually, individually blossom in the way that I feel they should, given especially that um, the film is a, uh, basically a dedication to the filmmaker's uh, childhood caretaker. Um, so it does seem like it's from a pretty one-sided perspective given that exchange. Um, but that said, the cultural um, the cultural influence of the film um, and the, the things that it explores in that respect, especially as a period piece in the 1970s in Mexico City, um, makes for a really captivating film. The way it's shot, again, is, is stellar. It's in black and white and on 65 millimeter. It looks beautiful from the trailer. So yeah, the, pretty much every shot is, mm. is pretty breathtaking. Um, and, and my complaints don't outweigh the quality of the film, um, which isn't something I could say about a lot of films I saw this year. So I would say that uh, as, far as, <laughs> as far as films that carried the most weight this year, I, I would give it to Roma as be- mm. for Best Picture. Cool. It might win Best Picture at the Academy. It very well. Which, might. like, that's so interesting too. Like, if I, I assume we will talk more about this whole like Netflix original stuff more, mm-hmm. um, and like how that plays out with like these uh, award season coming out. So, yeah. Cool, Sam. 
So my best picture pick when I saw this movie in the theater, I felt the ground shift. Now, I'm someone who is, obviously, as you all know, a big comic book fan. So what? my answer, of course, is Black Panther. Um, this movie is in a category all of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when you build a movie where the villains are colonialism, racism, and white supremacy, you're creating an entirely different theme in a comic book movie, in a superhero film, and anything in the Marvel Universe that we had seen previously. Absolutely. Um, I also think that the foil characters of Michael B. Jordan and Lupita Nyong'o were fantastic. Mm. And a lot of people were like, oh, the foil characters are T'Challa and Killmonger. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. And and having so many strong female characters in so many different ways. So you brought up Shuri. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have um, Nakia, which is Lupita Nyong'o. You yep. have Okoye, who oh, for me man. stole the fucking show. <laughs> um, but something, and I think we've brought this up before. So... The well-written and developed female character um, of Okoye, so someone who is strong, feminine, and just a, a downright badass versus a poorly written, poorly fucking acted Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson. Like, it is Bro. night and fucking yeah. day. Mm. Um, something I, I think that we need to call it to, attention to and something I think about a lot is that the actors of color in the Marvel universe is sparse, especially when you think of women of color. And so the fact Mm -hmm. that this movie not only included almost every single, almost every actor in this was of color. I think maybe you had Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman. That was it. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck yeah. Oh, Oh, that that lady that worked at the the museum. Museum. Oh, (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, fuck her. That was Um, such a good scene. There's a really great article about why museums need to watch Black Panther, Mm. and it's totally true. (laughs) Which there is a museum in uh, France that was giving back artifacts um, recently, which mm-hmm. was interesting. The, um, the Netflix is releasing a new uh, Where in the World's Carmen San Diego animated series. And I think she is also stealing artifacts from museums. That's what I heard, where it's like that? she's kind of like more of a Robin Hoodie character, um, which I find very interesting. Because in the trailer, she's definitely stealing things from museums. And I think to like give them back, it mm. looked like. So it's cool that this is... Oh, yeah, that's going to be a thing. It also seems like Black Panther was, like, the first movie of the year, and then it spurred on a lot. There are a lot of movies this year that dealt with race and did it very well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, starting with, like, a big one like that, too, felt very Mm -hmm. significant with, like, Black Panther, because that's also one that's going to probably reach a wider audience than some of these other movies would. Um, So I think that's, like, really cool. Made more money than Infinity War. That's another movie mm, I was like, was that 2018? It felt yeah. like a long time ago. Yeah. It's been a hell of a year. It's been a long ass year. It's been a long year. I'm glad both of the best superhero movies of 2018 are on this. Yeah. 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 Cool. And so, so again, you know, just to talk about like well-rounded, well-written, mm-hmm. well-acted female characters, seeing them in such a light, especially um, women of color was just, yes, absolutely. And you have that in contrast to fucking Doctor Strange and Tilda Swinton, where Marvel's Band-Aid was like, oh, we do have a lack of diversity and lack of diverse characters, so we're just going to cast a white woman to steal the job of a an actor of color, a, a minority actor. So and also Scarlett Johansson has done that a couple times. Yeah, I mean well. she basically yeah. made her career off of doing yeah. that and just not acting. But anyway, so <laughs> you know you have Marvel doing something really shitty and being really terrible, and then you have Ryan Coogler's masterpiece, and I'm so glad that he's there to mm-hmm. direct the next one. So I cannot oh, definitely. Who's the actor who's from that other tribe that's like... Um, M'Baku? Yeah. um, Winston Duke? Yeah, he and uh, Lupita are going to be in uh, the new Jordan Peele movie, which Uh, looks insane. Uh, It looks so so good. That's next month, I think. Is it? February. Oh, Oh, man. We should all go see that. There's so many exciting movies this year, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Christine? Um, So my best film... Uh, was Shoplifters, um, nice. which was hmm. a really beautiful film directed by Corey Ada Hirokazu, um, who's done several films that were like, I, this is the first film of his that I had ever seen. Um, I saw it in the theaters just because I had heard about it and was like, I don't know what to expect. Um, and I really was pretty blown away just because uh, 
this was in close contention with Roma, but this one I thought it's like set in a so, uh, suburb of Tokyo, family living on kind of meager earnings uh, that uh, through a co- like they bring in also shoplifting as the title suggests, and they find a child seemingly abandoned in the cold and take her in. And as the family pro- or as the film progresses, you you really get more insights into kind of the inner workings of this the, this family and their relationships and how they bring this girl in. And it, it really unfolds more as like a kind of like a tender mystery. Um, and even though, you know, it's written about as sort of this commentary on, on poverty, it doesn't do so like romanticizing it or, or sentimentalizing it. Um, I think that what makes this movie really stand out um, is that the direct, that, Hirokazu really captures the warmth of this home. Um, like all the shots within this ha- like this house, um, are I, I just keep coming back to the word tender and warm, um, and tenderness of the mundane of them eating their meals together, of them embracing one another, and the beautiful these like I'm always coming back to hands, but really uh, this these close ups <laughs> on the way. I mean the way that they. That this closeness between or among all of the family members, them sleeping together, things like that. Um, and then the exterior shots of the streets and parks of this Tokyo suburb and ultimately a beach, too. Um, and it was kind of think interesting comparing this to Roma, which also really visually was, as Dave said, just like stunning, really mm-hmm. breathtaking. I think Shoplifter, in my mind, wa- wins over Roma because there's a quieter, more intimate feel about this story in the camera work hmm. with this with an intense emotional weight that I did feel in Roma, but like Roma was like flawlessly shot and like knew it, I think. That's, um, that's one of the interesting criticisms I've seen of the film Roma is that because of some of the way the cameras are positioned or framed and their uh, kind of lateral movement as opposed to uh, a more nuanced panning movement um, creates a distance between the viewer and the subject, which is contrary to the film's ethos. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah that's an there was point. still was this distance I felt um between the characters I was watching in Roma and and really trying to get a sense of yeah, um a little bit more of the sort of um interworkings of their of their like feelings and of their lives, which I again, I I don't Quaron might not have in, he maybe wanted sort of the sweeping larger take um mm-hmm. Because that movie, I want to say Roma is so detail oriented. Yeah. Like those poops in the driveway. I know yeah. it seems so like <laughs> no, weird. It's a big deal. But it is such a big deal and such a beautiful uh, detail. Um, but I think that there's this sort of like gravitas to the movie. It's like, I know I'm fucking nailing every shot right Especially here. Especially like the fire sequence and everything. So this film doesn't quite do that though. You're saying. Shoplifters. Yeah. This film, I feel like, does it more has this. I think it's just a little bit more intimate and low key, um, in a way that felt really more emotionally, uh, like involving the audience, like involving mm-hmm. me as a viewer, um, and inviting me into this like really warmth of this home. Um, while Roma, I think, deals with some really intense, uh, not only visually is it beautiful, but they're, you know, I mean, it's right on the, yeah, they like, you know what, I'm not going to give it anything. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll cut it short. <laughs> but shoplifters. All right. Great. But shoplifters. Okay. Go see it. It's really beautiful. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wrote that down. Um, that was, I feel like, one I maybe heard of a bit, but like, It's yeah. been on a bunch of lists. Okay. Um, well, for me, I didn't even go with, like, best as, like, trying to think about it as, like, what, like, actually was, like, the best made movie, but just, like, my favorite and possibly the craziest movie I've ever seen. Uh, I went with Mandy. Yes! Really? <laughs> I went with Mandy. Um, so I, I did Mandy for my horror movie night this month also that I do, um, and I picked it because I think it's... It's an absolutely insane movie, um, but like I love horror. I love like some crazy like rage cage, um, and I was really excited when I finally got to see this because it wasn't in theaters long. I think it maybe had like 
a night in Philly. I think um, I think 48 hours it was in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 it was here very, very quickly. And the only reason I was able to see it is because it is on Shudder, and I have a Shudder subscription, which Shudder is fucking amazing if you like horror. Um, but I picked this just because um, it's so interesting the way it is done. Um, the musical score is amazing. It's by um, Johan Johansson, who also died this year, uh, which is really mm. sad. Um, and also because it wasn't in theaters long enough, now he can't even get nominated for his score, which is also really shitty. Um, but the first part of the movie is this weird kind of like meandering, um, just like these two people like living in the woods together. <laughs> um, and the music is really beautiful. It's very slow paced. I feel like people probably like there were probably people out there who were a little bit disappointed with the first half of the movie because they're expecting it to just be full on like action cage the whole Rage time. Cage. Exactly. And that's like not what you get. Like <laughs> and I think like they actually, you know, make the character Mandy um, within that time, like to be a really full character, even though. She doesn't, like, say much, but, like, there is, like, this really interesting, like, bond that they have together, and then it all comes crashing down, and then you get Revenge Rage Cage for the last half of the movie um, with some of the, like, it just looks like a fucking metal music video for, like, the whole last part So of much, it. like, uh, yeah, so much, like, color replacement just to yeah. plug in so much red. Yeah. Which is really neat. The color is insane. Um, yeah, I love, I love the way it looks. Um, there's also, um, Garrett and I talked about this a lot. There are two movies I saw this year where, um, there's like a particular scene where a woman totally dismantles like a man very quickly in a scene. Uh, the first one was a uh, bad times at El Royale. And then it was mm -hmm. this, uh, and it's, you know, two of the, like both of these movies are dealing with cult leaders and this woman comes yeah, in and just like completely like brings them down like way way lower than they think they are um and it's amazing and mandy just does it by simply laughing in this guy's face um but then you get like a crazy action movie towards the end and you get cheddar goblin which is a weird thing if you have cheddar? not seen this yeah cheddar yeah, goblin that yeah. sounds terrifying and um, i don't even know what that cheddar is like money or cheddar like the cheese oh cheddar like cheese man oh, nice. um you get Oof. him yeah you get like chainsaw fights you get like oh, oh man yeah some of the the craziest fight scenes and gore i've seen in a while too um but yeah um that's why i picked this movie also elijah wood was one of the producers uh which i think is really cool because elijah wood apparently has been doing a lot to like um like bring like i don't know like um like give money to like projects he's really interested yeah. in where like people it seems like they can't normally get money for this stuff um, and so I also just like really like it for that perspective too. And I like it's full of surprises. Oh, God, sure I adore Elijah Wood. Like I like the show Wilfred. I think it was like it was, yeah. a good show. I fell in love with him when he played Frodo Baggins, and he has not disappointed me since then. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was my pick. Um, cool. Um, any like super quick like uh, I know like since we did categories, we didn't talk about like our necessarily like all of our favorites. Any like quick. Um, Honorable mentions for 2018? Um, I got one honorable mention. Uh, I saw the movie Upgrade last night. Mm, and I true. think the camera work that's done in that movie um, to convey, even like going from like, because basically a guy is a quadriplegic, uh, he's paralyzed, puts a chip in his spine that allows him to move. Mm. And so the difference between like a human moving versus when the robot's controlling him. That was mm. cool. uh, The camera work I thought was um, one of the most inventive things I've seen in a while. So honorable Sweet. mention to Upgrade. I have two. Mm -hmm. um, one is Dumplin'. It's a Netflix movie. <laughs> I really love Aww, it. I heard it's good. Um, it is really good. It's really relatable for me. And then also, I like low-key love Dolly Parton. So it's like <laughs> all her music, which is fantastic. Um, and then the other one, I saw Christopher Robin this year. And I just cried the whole time. So, um, you know, if you like Winnie the Pooh, Oof, my, yeah. um, my mm. parents used to sing the song to me when I was young. It's like... Do you know the song? No, but go. Sing like, the song. Like You've got a pop filter Rob right now. It's perfect. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but anyway, they used to sing that song to me. <laughs> Damn it. Quickly Damn it. avoiding we that. We get the Canterbury Tales, but Fuck. we don't get the song. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Um, but they get really emotional when they talk about that. So it's just a good, sad crying time. But my gal, my love, Haley Atwell was in it. So mm. it's great love to her. see. 
Was that nice? Uh, you did both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just like blacked out for a second. I think <laughs> <laughs> I was really waiting for you to start singing. <laughs> yeah. Not is. happening. Uh, any anyone else honorable mentions? I have an honorable mention. Um, Happy as Lazaro, uh, which is on Netflix. It's oh, really beautiful. I haven't heard of um, that. It's shot so beautifully. Um, What's it called? It's Happy as Lazaro or Lazaro, I think. Um, Lazaro. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Um, go watch it. Yeah, Netflix mm. and and producing some yeah award winning movies. Uh, yeah, there were a couple I have on here that are Netflix ones. Um, Cam, which came out recently, which was really good. Hold the Dark, which is by the same guy who did Green Room. Um, were mm. both like really, really good movies. Um, Apostle with Dan Stevens, who I love. Oh, God, I heard that amazing movie things about that movie. It was up. so fucked, and fucked so up. I loved it. Um, and then other honorable mentions, uh, a movie called Revenge that I saw this year, which I think I talked about before. It's like a rape revenge movie that has done very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um which in the window I mentioned a little bit ago also. Um, also, Widows was actually really, really amazing. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, so, cool. I have one more. Uh, sorry, uh, Catherine Hahn in Private Life. Uh, the movie uh, was something I... It was this sort of low-key movie on Netflix about, a couple, uh, like, Catherine Hahn is dealing with, like, comp- like complexities of, like, uh, infertility and, like, is trying to get pregnant and... It's Paul Giamatti, isn't it, too? But I'm giving a shout-out to Ka- uh, Catherine Hahn specifically because she is such a wonderful <laughs> actress who, I know, no shout-outs for Paul Giamatti, even though he was okay in this movie. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, definitely just, like, his character in Sideways. But I love Catherine Hahn, and I I wish so many roles for her in the mm. future. This was um, a dramatic role? Yeah, I mean, it was sort of comedic. It's just, like, Upper middle class fam, like couple living in you know New York, and mm. they're dealing with infertility and like their obsession with getting pregnant and all all mm. that stuff. But hmm. cool, Dave. You have any honorable mentions? No, not really. I... <laughs> Twenty eighteen was not a, a movie year for fine. you. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I do have some notes though, given what we just talked about. I mean. Um, we covered a lot of films, we covered a lot of television shows, and we covered uh, a lot of ground. And among them, um, the ones that came up more than once, uh, as far as our <laughs> recommendations, uh, would include Into the Spider-Verse with two. It would include uh, Annihilation, which also boasts two. It would include Hereditary, which also now has two. Mm. And uh, it seems the uh, collective uh, collective number one of the year uh, which is perhaps why the popular film category has been created. Um, with five <laughs> is Black Panther. Damn, for the year. Damn that's insane. Pretty I'm okay pronounced. with that list of movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. I take that list. Mm-hmm. So not not a bad year if you look at just those. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, among <laughs> others. But, no, that was that yeah. was a, a good wrap-up. I like that a lot. And it's like cool that there was like some common thread in our list, too. And also in different categories I was really yeah. into. Yeah. Word. I don't know. It was like we were talking about this the other day, or, and it also like came up as a suggested link about like why was 1999 the year for movies? And I was like, how do no, you it was gauge? 2007. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that was the year. I was like, how do you gauge something like that? Um, oh. I can never remember movie years. Also, <laughs> so anytime someone oh, says one and they like expect baby. me to know, I'm like, I don't know. 2007. So that is also... your serious response. Oh my god. 07. Uh, no Country for Old Men. There will be blood. The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Sweeney Todd. Um, like a ton of other awesome movies that year ripped the assassination of Jesse James. Wow, you were ready for great. this question. <laughs> that 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 year was incredible. It was it was the last time I watched the Oscars with bated breath. Mm. Whoa, uh, two thousand seven was also one of the best years for video games. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Wow. What? Mm. Wow. The more you know about uh, two thousand seven. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watch out for our new podcast. Uh, this is O seven. Where we go. Back week to... by week, <laughs> where oh, were we? Two thousand seven. Do we want to relive those angry days? Angry about movies. <laughs> I don't want to relive being sixteen over and over again. I just don't want that. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to That's be out of high school. Year college. It wasn't so great. That's Seventh fine. grade no. was not a good time. Oh God! <laughs> Wait a minute. I guess I didn't realize. Connor, you make me feel so old of... you... How old are you? I'm turning twenty-five on Saturday. Well, all right. Oh, happy Wait, birthday. Wait, what? Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's wild, man. 25. <laughs> Youth. 
knows? I was so young then. <laughs> We're the same age. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, um, cool. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, me too. This is an interesting experiment. Way to go. Yeah. For this and other experiments, you can continue to keep an eye on us uh, via social media. That would be Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Tori also conducts a monthly horror viewing. I do. Uh, it is, oh God, what's the first Sunday of, of <laughs> February? It's Chill and the Kill. Third, the third. Third. Bar. The third. It's the second. Oh, yeah, it's the third. You're right. It's the third. I'm screaming Fuck. the third. <laughs> it's the third. <laughs> um, I know. I'm really good at uh, advertising my shit. Um, so on February 3rd, I'll be playing My Bloody Valentine, the original uh, from the 80s. It's really fucking good and crazy if you're into some, like, um, you know, holiday slasher movies. So um, come hang out. It's at Century Bar. Uh, there's, like, Facebook information and shit. So, yeah. Be sure to let us know what some of your favorite movies of 2018 were on wherever social media platforms you find yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or let us know what your idea of the year for movies was. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Minus Rate, a curmudgeon review. on Aquaman or... <clears throat> Let me know. Yeah, fight us. <laughs> I know a lot of people. I mean, that movie made more than The Dark Knight. Past The Dark what? Knight in total box office. Oh, that's bullshit. Global Are box office. Are you over world. Chris Pratt too? Who knows? Chris Pratt too. <laughs> what would Chris Pratt too look like? I said, are you over Chris oh, Pratt, sorry. too? But also... Chris yeah, Pratt, no number thanks, two of the movie. I know, I'm super over Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to end on. Um, okay, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon. And, yeah, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.